Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighting Podcast. I'm here with uh, two nice straw there, Scott. Stupid paper straws. <laughs> hey, earth friendly. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> two fire friends. I have Ash. Hey, friends. <laughs> and I've got Scott. Hey. <laughs> uh, all right, so tonight we're going to talk about um, uh, recent training you guys just did. Uh, a bunch of your members um, with uh, BC Forestry. Well, like, well... Land firefighting, what are they called? <laughs> Easy wildfire service. Easy wildfire service. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you guys had uh, had a course this weekend yeah. for the structure protection and sprinkler stuff. It's a course you were taking before. So yeah, we took a couple of years back uh, for all of our members, and now it's it's probably time to revisit in coming up because we have a pile of new members. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's good for five years. But mm-hmm. yeah. It's a good thing to refresh every year or every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's when uh, I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very exciting. Because <laughs> uh, what it is, is, is it's, it's basically sprinkler work. It's all sprinkler yeah. work and triaging mm-hmm. of houses and fire smarting and triaging. You know, it's like, it's very important work, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, we not be, our, it's not our usual. It's not the cool, sexy work like, oh, yeah, firefighter, I get to kick indoors and big hose and spray some water. And like, it's like, I'm going to set up some. Garden sprinklers. <laughs> cool. I can do this on my, my day off on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of line garden homes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's important. So I was like, okay, we got to take this course. We should take this course. And mm-hmm. um, it's important for going on employments right. uh, in the BC. Um, and it's kind of a new, it's not new. Like sprinklers aren't new, but it's definitely like a very strong push in our region now. Mm-hmm. It's sure. structural protection. Um, the whole structural protection branch. Um Forestry is kind of like there was like our two instructors who were kind of they're they're pretty high up mm-hmm. um, in the service. They were saying how when they first started structure protection, they're kind of like, oh yeah, you guys are here, great. Go sit over there. We'll tell you like this forestry guys are like, yeah, we'll do the forestry work. You guys just hang out and see mm-hmm. what, maybe you do some stuff. That's right. So then the next year it was more like, oh, you guys are actually kind of useful. Like maybe we'll give you a little bit more stuff. Mm-hmm. You're still not allowed to sit at the table. <laughs> and they said after about. You know, four or five years of them doing sprinklers and then bringing engines and doing all the structure work. Now they're like, oh, you guys actually, there's a really good skill set that you guys have. So mm-hmm. now they're mm-hmm. a big part of the planning. That's um, right. And they're, you know, they get, they actually get like bulldozers given to them now and stuff rather mm-hmm. than, it's always the forestry guys usually get to use the bulldozers and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely a, um, a culture shift for the, um, for the wildfire. Yeah. Because really, in the end, forests are going to burn. But we don't want structures to burn. Yeah. So really, the whole point of us fighting fires is not to put the forest out. Our our purpose in life as firefighters is to make sure structures aren't lost. Yes. And life, of course, but structures. Yeah. yeah. So that's really the push for this. Um, so yeah, when I've I t- kind of tell everybody about it, and guys are kind of like, oh, that doesn't sound like a good way to spend a weekend. Let's put some sprinklers up. But you know, guys kind of embraced it by the end, and that way, and it was like fourteen. I think thirteen or fourteen of our members took it. Yeah. Um, so it was a really good number. That's like basically half our crew took it, um, and uh, turned out really good. Yeah, I know when, when we took it a couple of years back, uh, we kind of had the same approach as you guys too, right? Like we're used to rolling up, and okay, you hear the word structure protection, and we're thinking our engine stretching lines, stretching lines, and sitting there and holding yeah. and waiting, right? Yeah. That's what always happened in the past yeah but uh once we learned all the new techniques of, of the uh, structure triaging and then actually how to set up the sprinklers and the reason for it mm-hmm. and then the fire we had uh last year mm-hmm. that's when we actually first put it into play and it worked like a hot dam 
Yeah. Um, so that that was our biggest buy, and then we yeah. realized, oh shit, this is really really helpful for our area. Yeah, I think um, just realizing that you know you have a protect if when it's like one structure, it's easy to protect one engine. Yes. But when you start like multiple structures are involved, like the fire, flame front flame front is coming, and there's multiple structures. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well we only have like a very limited number of engines. Um, there's we need other options. Mm-hmm. Um, even our big <clears throat> um, wildfire last year. You know, in the grand scheme of things, there was only three houses, kind of four, I guess, four houses actually immediately threatened by that fire. So we had enough resources with your help of you guys to cover all those four houses mm-hmm. until the fire kind of veered off and started mm-hmm. going mountainside. And then yeah. and then we were able to triage more and, and cover the other houses that were threatened. Um, and then by then, forestry was there with the big show, yeah. helicopters mm-hmm. everything. But initially, it's like, okay, we have enough resources right now. But if I'm thinking if the fire would have, on that fire, if it would have jumped... Over the road like it did, yeah. but we weren't able to mm-hmm. stop it like we did. If it would have gone into that that camp, yes, yeah, which is like you know, it's definitely not a it's not a um, well um, laid out camp. It's mm-hmm. kind of just random trailers. It's kind of like a shanty town. Yeah, it's a shit um, show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be nice about it. But yeah, yeah, it's no. a show. yeah, I've been in numerous times for medical calls, and it's yeah. an absolute disaster. So yeah. thinking about it now, like I was thinking about it the other day, like if we knew we were going to lose, like I probably we could probably put sprinklers up along all along there if we would, mm-hmm. you know, if we were going to protect mm-hmm. that um, sprinklers all the way up along there, or if it was just like a mobile home park because we got the mobile home park north of town. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's always times I'm like, oh yeah, like over the weekend I'm thinking, yeah, this would have worked here, this would have worked there, mm-hmm. and it just isn't, it doesn't. Ties a million dollar engine. Yeah, that's right. And a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. Ties up a bunch of guys for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it just ties up a little pump for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I guess breaking down the day, it was a two-day course. Um, first day was uh, death, by, death by PowerPoint. Yeah. And actually, I you know, other than that, at the very end, I didn't mm-hmm. find it too bad. Like, it was like... No, I think we were kind of all doing the old head nod at, like, the final hour. Mm-hmm. But... For the most part, I mean, a bit of a tip of the hat to the instructors. They definitely kept it engaging. Like, yeah. anytime that you have a group of firefighters sat around the table for eight hours going over things that most of us have gone gone over before, mm-hmm. it's pretty dry and monotonous. But um, they were very engaging. Like, we were all, you know, having things to input yeah. in the scenarios that they were chatting about. Yeah. Um we did get up a couple times and go and do a bit of a walkabout. A little triaging. Uh, some uh, triaging throughout this, our local neighborhood here, which happens to um, back against our um, our airport. Uh, so we've got like a small municipal airport here. And we've got a row of homes along it. And uh, we just got to go and have a bit of a walk and do a, a bit of a triage as a group. And get some hands-on with their new... Um, information input um yeah it's like a survey app uh that they've come out with or that they're adopting to use um which so the their head office in victoria has all the information real time so we're out there we have a training task number and we're all inputting this data and they have a chance to they like look at that data real time go back and look and see like which of these potential threatened structures are uh, going to be protected, which ones we can triage and say there's mm-hmm. nothing that we can do. Are we throwing sprinklers? Are we going to tie an engine up here? Uh, so that was really, like, like that was really, really cool. Um, and again, they just kept it entertaining. That sounds like that was a big, a big improvement too, because we were just chatting before we started recording 
that uh, when we did the course, it was still all paper based. Yeah, correct. That was that very, in the butt. very time consuming mm-hmm. when you pass that paperwork back to now your leader, right? Sure, right. Like that was um, very time consuming and just the, the in that data input on that and then passing on that information to the next crew on the next uh, daily operation. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's way more. Because it's literally just like uh, the most important thing was the pictures. Like mm-hmm. it was just all. Um, you do your survey report, and then you then you snap a picture at the end of the of the structure. Yeah, it's actually funny because the one the one he pulls up in the uh, scenario or in the on the classroom after uh-huh. we walk back, he's like, "Oh, look at this one. This is a great one." Uh, and it was Ash and uh, your partner. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, this is really great. You know, it's oh, really like lots of information." Yeah, but here, let's look at the meat of the meat of the thing, which is a picture, mm. and. Because there's this kind of, I think it was like a, a palm, I was going to say a palm tree. <laughs> there's a palm tree. No, there's a, like it's an It's like a willow or a, yeah. yeah was, uh, he's like, yeah, I want to see what you guys took and made sure. And you know, the canopy of, that, of the tree was all the over tree. the house. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out they they felt they were rushed coming back, so they didn't take a picture. So literally, it's like this random picture of the sky. <laughs> no, like, it was a picture of a random tree. A random, like, yeah, on a random way tree. Back. Yeah, sorry. It was a random tree <laughs> and part of the sky, like not even associated with the bill. He's like... <laughs> Ash's like, well, we were coming back. We needed a picture, so we yeah. just threw that one in there. <laughs> like we threw all of the, like the awesome info. Everything was laid out great, and uh, yeah, my guys, like son of a bitch, I I didn't get a photo of us leaving. I'm like, ah, oh, just <laughs> zoom in on a tree. I don't care. <laughs> it was more just to be familiar with the app. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah like we're like all stars, and then no stars. <laughs> So yeah, there was that. It was really good too because the, the two guys, like I said, they were pretty high up in the service, so they they beamed out lots of fires, and they kind of. I feel like at least one of the guys, um, he's got the spearhead, like original one of the originals of the of the sure. protection. Yeah, because I've always heard his name batted around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, they they had like lots of stories, and then they would, and then they would tell stories about our because like when they were on our fires mm-hmm. that we've been on, mm-hmm. um, we see it from their side, like. A lot of stuff I didn't know happened. Like they're like, yeah, yeah we were up here. We were up, like we drained one of the reservoirs up top, and mm-hmm. that happened. Um, there's lots of stuff that I was like, oh, that's cool, because um, we're on a whole other side of the fence, right? right. We're we're driving on fire mm-hmm. engines, trying to stay ahead of them, doing bumping runs, and they're up there setting up sprinklers, doing long hauls, yeah, yeah, like long long haul sprinkler stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So that did make the day go by faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the real meat of the um, Sunday was the yeah, Sunday was the real was def- definitely the mainstay there. Yeah, so it was cool because it started off with basically they were treating us like we were on actual deployment. So you know, um, uh, myself, Ash, and Grant, Grant. who's been yeah. on before Grant, the sorry one from yeah. episode two or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were the team leads for our our units, and then um, so they briefed us just like um, that we would on a fire scene. Mm-hmm. So they brought us over, just us briefed us. Um, gave us like you know the fake weather report like they had all the wet like they had it basically as though we were there as a task force leader and they had yeah. it to us. they had us over an IAP and we yeah. and then we had to pick what was important from it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of information on those things and a lot of information yeah. that we don't care <laughs> like, yeah it's like I don't really care about like there's a bunch of stuff in there I'm like nah, not my problem <laughs> mm-hmm. but there's some stuff you need to know how to pick out mm-hmm. so picked it out and then we had to brief our crews so yeah so it was like a real fire drill mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny if they just say that. That's exactly how we did it with our crew. Um, I got back, and so he airdropped it to us. 
Uh, and then I, in turn, give the same to all of my, my crew. I'm like, hey, like, everybody have an iPhone here? Yeah, copy. Boom, boom, boom. So I shot that out to everybody. Um, I was like, so you have all of the all of the Im- Im- information there. I like the big things of like your comms. This is going to be the channel. So like we were we were going to operate on um, OFC one. Like we obviously I don't think we were or were we? No, we're no, we were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So we opt on OFC one. We're like if we're leaving here and we're on our resource road, which we were going to simulate a resource road. I'm like I want you guys to know that. I'm like Matt, you're actually going to be our medic. So this is going to be your your deal. I'm like this is going to be our weather. I'm like we're hot. We're we're in that. 96 percent which is 100 <laughs> percent yeah fire weather index was yeah 96 yeah, basically it means that if a, if a spark hits the ground it's gonna ignite it's and, like 100 they said yeah this is actually the weather forecast you guys had um this last summer and the summer before last was 96 percent. so like any spark would have caused a wildfire he's yeah he's like if there's a spark on the ground this 96 percent equals 100 percent chance of spread yeah so um i said that to the guys i'm like we're sitting on extreme this is the way the wind's coming. Uh, you, you can imagine the fire along the ridge there. The, you know, this is the deal. I'm like, there's a lot more info in here. Uh, make sure you familiarize yourself with that if you need it. However, this is the like the meat and potatoes. Is mm-hmm. It's hot, it's dry, the wind's coming, and if there's any embers, it's going to spot fire. They're like, yeah. check. And, and then quick, we all quick laces. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. then a quick laces. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and that's, uh, that's the hard part is like you look at those IAPs. Like I was getting data IPs when I was in the um, EOC that on the fire yeah, last year, mm-hmm. and man, alive! Like they are in depth. Yeah. But like like you said, Scott, there's there's so much information there that you just need to take the tidbits out of it. Yeah. Like I don't need to know who the heavy equipment crews yeah. are. And that no, exactly. That, that's not in my wheelhouse. It's not like, any branch that we're going to be coming no, in like, place with. Identify where the medic staging is. But yeah, sure. the, the the weather, the fire behavior, your tasks. Your water sources and yeah. resources, right? And where you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think touch on a few things. Uh, resource road is what? It's something below. Yeah, right. So it's like all of our uh, forestry roads. Yeah. So it's an unpaved, generally access road to something. Um, and we have uh, resource road radio channels. So we start on RR1, and I don't even know how high up they, they go, 33. Yeah, uh, we don't have all of them locally programmed yeah. in here because they generally don't opt that high. But we, uh, I, I know we are going to add a bunch of that yeah. into uh, mm-hmm. some, some of our radios. Um, so like that's what. So when you have some heavy equipment, that's going to be getting hauled up and down uh, these forestry roads. They'll be operating on like an RR1 through yeah. 33. Um, so knowing what that is, because anytime that we are working in the bush, we have to act and operate as such. So like when our loggers are doubling as um, heavy equipment ops, um, cut, cutting in guard line and such, uh, if they're going up, it'll be, say, you know, 201 up. 33 so that's what they have to call we also have to call that uh just so mm-hmm. people know that hey we are a working fire engine coming up this 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 road. It, it is, it's it's just get get the guys a heads up like hey mm-hmm. you might you're about to meet each other like, yeah oh i'm at 32 this guy's coming down at 33 mm-hmm. okay so with a half kilometer we're gonna we're, we're, we're gonna, gonna figure it out yeah <laughs> so. so you've got that k to figure out, hey, like this narrow road, which is wide enough generally, like all of our RR roads are wide enough to pass two pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. But like what people, fire engine and a fire yeah, engine. a fire engine and a low bed with, with like the, with a the cat D, with sideways. The D, yeah, because yeah. cats sometimes go on sideways, like they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like find the pullover and wait because it's coming yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take, take and they always have right away. Yeah. 
So, right. yeah, and that actually uh, that was an issue back in 2003 on the wildland fires, the big the big fires we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had a fire engine, okay. engine where the city engine rolled. Yeah, the yeah. city engine rolled yeah. because again they were didn't know what the hell they're doing, mm-hmm. and they went hug to shoulder and sure. shoulders soft. They hurt me bad. Yeah, they rolled. Yeah. We had to extricate. Actually, yeah, we sent our medics up and yeah. extricated. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, so that was on uh, the, the Vassal Lake wildfire. Um, oh, that was the uh, that was the Oklahoma Mountain fire. That was up in Naramata. Uh, was it Naramata or was it up in two hundred? Because we had a truck that oh. went off in two hundred. Exactly, because one of the guys I know he's working on that one. He sent he sent me a picture. Um, oh, yeah. He was the one of the ICs on the Naramata. Well, on the Naramata mm-hmm. side of the wildfire, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, they roll a truck. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it it happens, right? And that's why it's super important. And, and back then, we didn't have those. Our resource roads, I right? Yeah, it was the, it was a radio channel that you had to go to, like a warehouse or a sure. forest sure. service road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, so we, you know, going going over toms is obviously really important. And then um, uh, you mentioned laces, which mm-hmm. we talked about. Um, laces is definitely a BC term. I don't know if it's an overall. I think it, America's. Is it? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So laces are lookouts. Um, so always post a lookout. Um, mm-hmm. With us, it's, it's a little harder to post a look at. It basically, was, we tell everybody, everybody should take care of laces. I think we talked about this before. Everybody should mm-hmm. be on laces. So if you're not actively doing something, you're the lookout. Mm-hmm. Um, on big fires, they will post an actual lookout. Or for us, there's a lot of times a helicopter's flying around, and yeah. that's our lookout. Mm-hmm. So we, that's our lookout. We got mm-hmm. uh, anchor points. Anchor point. So like a road, we know where the nearest roads are. Mm-hmm. And that's our anchor point. So that's where we can anchor in. And mm-hmm. we know the fire is probably not going to burn. Like it's... It's kind of like a demarcation line, I guess, in the mm-hmm. fire a lot mm-hmm. of times. It'll still jump over for sure, but it gives us that little bit of uh, safety. Mm-hmm. And it's an area to, to basically, your truck starts there, and then your, your line takes them off from there, yeah. anchoring mm-hmm. in. And then the uh, comms, we talked about comms, um, whether it's the RR channels or the OFC1 or any of that stuff, we yeah. know all that. Escape routes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, various ways they should be timed. They should be... Um, Mm-hmm. Like driven at least um, by somebody, they don't have to be the same way you came in. They can be other ways as long as they're marked. And back to the the like we talked about with the laces, like that's going to change too, right? Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Absolutely. Your routes, right? As you yeah. deploy to different areas for your bump and runs, for example, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know those, those are going to change. So yeah. that's why it's important for the trucks to always uh, be vigilant and, and redoing them. Yeah. And I think lastly is the uh, safety zones. Safety zones, um, which is probably one of the it's important to know where your safety zones are at all times because safety zones is a, is a huge, has to pretty much be a huge area if you're dealing with pine trees and, yeah. and tall trees. It's four times the possible flame height. Yeah. So what do we figure? Uh, 250 meters? <laughs> yeah. A quarter mile, I think? Yeah, it's about a quarter mile. Um, For some of those big trees. Really heavy timber. Which is crazy, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think I, def- I definitely get it. And, like, you have to think of how many people you have to try to cram in that area. Yeah, that's guess, right in the right? center. So you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> you'd be like, the, can't have everybody in the center, so you have... Now it's going to be bigger, right? So, yeah, we're like, uh, Lisa's for us is going to be the municipal airport. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we chatted about the hospital. Uh, there's tons of places that we... That yeah, we I mean, our make. flame height here in our valley floor is pretty small. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like a large person's yard. <laughs> maybe not a yard, but maybe yeah. like, a, like a soccer field would be more than big enough for us. Yeah, that's right. Because really, we're dealing with sagebrush, tall grass. Yeah. Yeah, maybe looking at I think we we yeah, got yeah. into some decently old growth uh, last year on Inkby, um yeah. on the first day, yeah. and then yeah, again it starts getting down into the valley bottom. 
Um, and you're back into that grease wood and stuff. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Goes fast, but it's over. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. hot, it's black, it's fast, yeah. but it's yeah, it's not high. Um, so yeah, that's uh, safety zones. Um, that's basically covers our laces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the big thing with the laces too that needs to be um, uh, communicated from IC too, right? Like best thing, like, it's always a good starting point. Like they always preached, you know, IC is going to make sure each. Um, uh, crew boss or engine boss knows, hey, this is this is our laces, this is our safety zones, our escape routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that then if the, if that changes, then that needs to be all relayed. So yeah, everybody understands the big picture. Mm-hmm. Remember our first year on deployment, we were told there's this uh, this division souping uh, man, or maybe not this division soup, maybe he's even higher up. Man, this guy's like a hard ass. He's gonna drive around and ask everybody what their laces are at all times. So I was constantly every time I got the truck, I'm like, what's your laces? Yeah. <laughs> never, never saw the guy. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it was just one of those those drill um, drills are gonna yeah, be those though, stories, right? the yeah. stories that keeps you like, oh, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to get kicked off the fire. I don't know where my laces are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, going back to uh, back a bit about the um, heavy equipment and stuff in the trucks coming in. So our fire last year in Canive, I was very impressed at how fast. We had heavy equipment on that line. Oh yeah, like yeah. we were literally in the start of it, just moving. Yeah, the one house, the one house yeah. to another house. Next thing you know, there's <laughs> <laughs> here comes this cat wheeling, yeah, you know, a foot away from the fire truck pushing a guard. Yeah, because that one house we bumped to because we yeah. thought that one, uh, that one that uh, Warren was at, and yeah. we kind of did that fire spark. You found that mattress on fire on yeah. the deck. I was thinking about this weekend. We were talking about fire brands yeah. and things on deck. So I was like, oh yeah, I remember Todd caught that mattress that was burning? Yeah, um, eat that off the deck. <laughs> <laughs> Burning mattress, like, oh. um, and then we bumped down because we the other house. If that cat wasn't there, that other house would have been a definitely because uh, that was like mm-hmm. crazy amount mm-hmm. of debris around it. Like we had a plan, but I was like, oh, this is gonna be a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those guys rolled in quick, mm-hmm. which is really cool because I remember we once we um, got mopped up at our first structure and we were heading northbound, um, and I think it was just after you guys were coming out like we passed the low bed empty and like we hadn't seen anything else action yet right mm-hmm. so we i'm like driving by in the engine and i look over I'm like jesus christ they already have a low bed yeah. in here and they're i mean they're yeah, we had just back to, like we had just deployed our lines and then yeah. the things like that and he starts cutting a fire guard and we're like oh okay i guess we don't need to be here but that's <laughs> just it like so yeah. you look back at okay how organized the fire is supposed to be and the communication supposed to be in these radio yeah. channels None of that came no, up. No, none of yeah. that happened, right? Like, we had our operational mm-hmm. channel we're working on, mm-hmm. and, you know, you you had your, your forestry channel, yeah. you could chat with the guys here and there, but, yeah, yeah you're not thinking there's going to be yeah. a cat. Everything just... Yeah, it's, it's so always, fluid. It, it always, I like, any yeah. fire. Like, everything's face-to-face. Face-to-face is always the best thing. Yeah, sure. Because, like, we went, you and I, I think, went over and talked to the forestry guy, we're like... He's like, yeah, we're just going to cut a cat guard in here. He's like, yeah, we got their support. We're like, okay, well, we'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It looks good. Yeah, he's like, we're in a back burn. We mm. like freaking were like you need us? Nope. We, we left. Yeah. So we, he's like, yeah, you guys go check on the other structures that are threatened. So we mm-hmm. back to the uh, the story of the forestry guy jumping out. That's rank five as fuck. And yeah. Just totally <laughs> fucks off. Yeah. Like never gonna see him again. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that guy was dead. For sure. <laughs> still alive. Yeah. yeah funny he was still alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. So the two instructors. So Kevin, he. Uh, He's definitely still, like, embedded in structure, like, firefighting, yeah. um, which is cool. Yeah. Because he, he definitely, us, yeah. like, reminds us of, like, 
like, hey, this is the deal. This is forestry. Yeah. Now, if you're back in your authority having jurisdiction, so if we're working <laughs> here, he's like, wow, you can do this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. We're like, okay, sweet. So like, he, he understood there's, like, we are all, like, not just us locally, we are all cowboys to BC Forestry. Yeah. Because they are safety-minded to well, the nth degree. And I think it goes back to, like, they don't... They don't. They're not used to us yet. Like yeah. we're still like it's only about I don't know how many years. Maybe there's been structural protection units, not really that long. In the grand scheme of forest fire fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in just in the last three years, it's really been really coming. Really, like this deployment thing is really being ramped up in the last three or four years. Like yeah. it's definitely you know a big thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think they're now they're like, oh, uh, these uh, these structural guys actually they can stay a little longer than we can because they mm-hmm. got water and they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like they're kind of letting us a little bit more. But yeah. like he was saying, it's like, yeah, when you're the in your in your area and your authority having jurisdiction, you guys, it's your fire. Like, yeah, forestry doesn't take over. Yeah. They're just putting working with you. You can they can tell you to leave. You don't have to leave because mm-hmm. they're not working for them. Well, the second you're working for them, now you have to. Now yes. Yeah. So if you're out on deployment, you act a certain way. If you're at home, so like when we were on the Incomeet fire, like we had a night where forestry pulled out. They were like, this is crazy, and we're out of here. And we're like, I think three times they told us to pull out of there. Yeah. And we're like, ah, two we're times good. the first day, and then on that, on that, on that, that one night. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. they peaced. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, good luck. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Like, well, that, <laughs> this was, an app that app. was the morning we got the early morning page mm-hmm. as well. Right. Like, yeah. At stage at the fire hall, forces would come meet us. Um, for our campsite area and Spirit yeah. Ridge area. And uh, the one guy shows up. There's three other guys sleeping in his truck, and he gives the briefing. He's like, yeah, so it's coming. We've evacuated the campsite. We need to go and do structure protection to the campsite and Spirit Ridge Resorts. And, um, yeah, we have no resources. We're pulling everybody off the fire. We're, like, 24 hours overworked <laughs> than we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And you have no air support in the morning, and we don't know when we're coming back. But... Thanks. <laughs> Off we go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, no, you nailed it, right? Like, it's they don't quite understand us, but they're understanding the fact that, you know, we have a lot more accountability and ability to do certain things. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? I understand how, like, how they have to structure their program because they don't know who they're getting. Yeah. Like, are we any good? Are, are we idiots? Like, they, they get all-stars that that roll in and then an, an entire crew of duds yeah, yeah. so who are you getting and mm-hmm. how do you know right so you kind of have to just like when you're doing laces like if if you're doing the escape route you time it by the absolutely slowest crew and the slowest person and and then you still build, build in safety mm-hmm. right so that's what these guys are doing like they have to make it where like the rookie crew that's never had any hands-on but somehow they made it to the show. Mm-hmm. How can I keep these guys safe? Right? right? And not knocking like city guys, but like we grow up around here with like, we're in the bush. We understand, you know, narrow roads. We mm-hmm. understand forest. You get big city departments that are signed up for forestry and they come out here. They are out of their element. Yeah. But they still think they're the show. Yeah. But they <laughs> Just, still think they're the show. And, and, you know, and we all know, like we joke, but it, mm-hmm. it is true because, you know, they're, they're the, they're the paid professionals, but yeah. they're also on paved roads all the time. They have hydrants. Everywhere. Yeah, like, like they don't carry as much hose as we do because they have hydrants like everywhere, not everywhere. Right along their engines only have three hundred gallons too. Yeah, and their engines mm-hmm. are basically like our rescue truck has the same amount of gallonage as one of their engines. Yeah, <laughs> because that's what we need. <laughs> like our our rescue, our, our sorry, our rescue, our rescue truck and our engines carry like 
like three times as much water as they mm-hmm. carry. So um, it's a totally different mentality yeah. and system. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think a lot of city departments have even wildland line on their engines. Probably. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah, like, they might have a line all over our engines. Yeah. So it's a totally different mentality, and um, mm-hmm. like even these guys are saying, yeah, like I'd prefer like when when deployment happens, I prefer when I like when the when the volunteers when the the small town guys come because it's like they're getting a mix all the time. Yeah, because he goes, yeah. we're, we're getting like guys who are farmers, hunters, like they know how to drive in the woods, they know how to do stuff. They're you yeah. know, he goes, you get city guys are like, so <laughs> they come in there, you know, mm-hmm. they're station wear and they're they polish shit boots, <laughs> and then they're like, uh. yeah, we gotta go. What's we a crossover? Go sleep with, yeah, crossover. Like, are we doing a layup or <laughs> are we playing ball? No. You, we have to sleep in a tent. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't. You know, I don't want to say they don't get it, but it's way out of their, I guess, wheelhouse, right? So where this is stuff, like we're always getting small interface burns here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to kind of get a bit of a pump up there, but I get that they, you know, <coughs> they have to tailor it to that, uh, but we kind of don't. So uh, it, it was good. Like I was kind of you know sitting back and i was wondering i'm like hey like because we've definitely chatted about that before how like structures come to the table but has bc forestry come back to the table and it is slowly swinging back now which is great but i was i was curious going into this course what is it really going to look like like are they going to be like pumping the tires super safety bc forestry minded and they were but then there was the asterisks and there was a lot of these little tidbits that got you know, yeah. dropped in yeah. of uh, reality. We'll, 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 we'll kind of call it. And I think the biggest thing, like they were saying, like just a roof work, like they're like, yeah, when it's your area, you can throw a ladder, you can climb on the roof, it's place sprinklers on the roof. He goes, but when it's, um, when you're working for forestry, he's like, most of those guys are not trained for roof works. Mm-hmm. He goes, it sounds simple enough just to climb up my roof. But he goes, if you're not, if you don't go up on roofs and you don't know how to throw ladders, he goes, all you guys know how to throw ladders because that's part of your part of your yeah. job, your basics. Mm-hmm. It's like some of these guys don't know how to throw ladders. Um, so he goes, they don't they don't know how to foot them, they won't do any of that stuff. So they'll be up on the roofs and sliding off and falling and he goes, So we just there's a no roof ball. It's a no go. Yeah. So um, so basically we yeah, have to learn another skill on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, talk about day two. Yeah, so basically, like we we kind of started off there is uh, we got our IAP, uh, the three of us on the outside, uh, and then we kind of like broke broke the sim for a second and made a plan of how we were going to go down there and get all of our gear set up. Um, so they they tasked um, I think Grant and I to get uh, all of our gear over, and then uh-huh. did they task or no? They tasked you and I. Uh, get the you, gear. you were gear guy. Grant was water supply. Yeah. Grant's crew was water supply, like tapping the hydrant just for mm-hmm. um, our portable pump, portable pump to or portable tank to um, yeah. recharge because we were we were running off a tank, but we wanted water all day, so we tapped uh, the hydrant, a stretch line, and then filled the yeah. tank. So Grant was Grant's job. Um, your job was to triage one building. Yeah. And start laying out the gear, mm-hmm. and then my guy's job was to triage the other three structures that were on the training ground. Yeah. Right. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we were left with one. Uh, you did the other two. Yeah. Or whatever. And, um, and then once the triage was done, we did a quick, um, like a sprinkler plan. Mm-hmm. So each team picked, because um, we technically had four structures we were protecting, but there were only three teams. So we tied two structures together. Um, yeah. Like our upper burn building and our, and like 
we were calling the hayloft because there was a bunch of hay there. Yeah. Even though it's not, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a little concession stand. Um, so those two were tied together. Um, so technically, it was like three areas we were protecting. Mm-hmm. So first scenario, like I drew my, I was doing the lower search building. So I drew our little map and I put down mm-hmm. where I wanted the sprinklers to be. And then um, Ash did the same for you at the upper building. Yeah, yeah you at the upper building because I changed mm-hmm. the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and then Grant did the other building. So then we all got to, the three of us got together. Mm-hmm. Um, we said our, what our plan was, had the list of gear we think we need, and then we all swapped. So it's as though, like, it's as though Ash showed up first. He wrote down what we think we need, and then I showed up and I'm the actual guy laying the sprinklers down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said, if you guys, like, you guys don't have to follow this plan. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, look at it. Kind of have the vision that they have, but just because he sit, thinks it's good doesn't mean it's the best. Once mm-hmm. you start setting it yeah. up, you can change it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's what we did. We 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 swapped around, and I was actually I said to Ash like, yeah, like right away I'm changing the plan. I was like, ah, oh, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come on, just give it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, like that's what. So we went as a team. So the very first one, we all acted as a team. So I was like, I'll take everybody's input. Like we're all here to learn. So this but you're a team, you're a yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, what do you guys think? And so like Lou was like, I want to see a closed loop system. I'm like, okay, so how, how do we want to close off the loop? And the guys were like, oh, let's run a 360 around and then back to the pump. Um, and like on that layout, on all of ours, excluding the very last one, none of them needed to be a closed loop system. But he was asking for it. I was like, okay, well, you guys want to run it around the structure? Sure. We're leaving some, some of the line exposed which I wasn't a super big fan of, but eh, it is okay. We've got some sprinklers. Um, I think you guys placed the sprinklers mostly in the same place. It is the same placement that you suggested. Yeah. I just I put the loop on, on the inside, inside of Correct. the structures. Yeah. So basically the flame front was coming this way. So I was like, okay, rather than having a line going around the building, mm-hmm. I, I it might have saved a little bit of the line too. But I, don't think I think it, it would have. Yeah, maybe but a link. I, I basically made the loop smaller and brought it, brought it on the inside of the structure so that way the flames wouldn't roll over it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have because it should have been covered by the sprinkler but just yeah. in case mm-hmm. and it was just easier to set up because we were all like looking at each other everything was there absolutely yeah. yeah and it was easier to turn on the um, mm-hmm. uh, water fuse mm-hmm. yeah um, I like the closed loop I don't like I don't know even though we don't need it I think it's the easiest way yeah. you, don't need, you don't need to find an end cap or any of that stuff you just, everything just goes right yeah. back together so yeah. uh, I guess what we mean by closed loop you run a, mm-hmm. you run your main kind of feeder line up from your uh, pump and then uh, you run your uh, you run your split, your three-way split, and then you have one line running around and essentially a loop. And then at some point in there, you run your uh, kind of what we were, they were calling the manifold, mm-hmm. which is essentially just a bunch of water thieves. Yeah. And water thieves are just like um, forestry adapters that all clip together with a guard nose and all yeah. stick on the side. So ran our loop, ran it back to itself, back onto that splitter. And basically what that does is it regulates the pressure in the whole system mm-hmm. rather than the last sprinkler gets like yeah. nothing. <laughs> the first sprinkler yeah. gets all of it. And yeah, I really like that system because for one, it's sure. hose. It didn't take much more time. No. And it really just made everything run the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think no matter what, I'd probably use that. Loop. Probably use I don't that. Think I'd never not use the loop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless there was, in, yeah. Unless if there was one, one or two sprinklers and, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, but even on that, I think. Because we had a couple that were far away. All we did was just run an extra couple links of a conal line. Yeah, on. that's the nice thing about yeah. a conal line, right? Yeah. It's light and easy to move and then sure and stretch an easy 100, 100 feet yeah. out. So a conal line is basically just um, crappy garden hose. Like really yeah, like thin. super thin jacketed garden yeah. hose. And if it gets yeah. wrecked, you just leave it. Like it's mm-hmm. super cheap, thin. Yeah. 
Um, easy to maneuver, easy to use, but also it kinks like you're super. It ties in knots. Like it's basically a rope. It ties in knots. Yeah. And it's kind of annoying, but it's uh-huh. it's easy to use. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, if it if it gets burned or wasted, mm-hmm. like whatever you want to do, you don't care. Yeah, I think so. It's cool. I, I was kind of you know luckily around Kevin and Lou a bunch when we were all working. They were kind of hovering around. I mean, it's just pretty small, small area. They're watching us. Uh, crew. They didn't trust them. That's why. What's that? They probably didn't trust your crew. That's why. Yeah, that's right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we... I, I'm not sure where everybody else was, but the first, the first one, we were flowing water in... What the hell was it? So we had... Everything built. Uh, all of us or do you guys? Our, our crew. Everything built, flagpoles up, and we were flowing water. And we didn't flow any water until we had everything built. Yeah. And it was like 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, 38 minutes. Um, and I didn't see, like, one other crew. I, I wasn't sure who it was or wasn't. Um, and then another crew uh, was flowing water pretty much right around the same. Um, and I didn't know who, who was who. Um and then I think the, the, by the last scenario that we were all running, um, they have to be right by us again. And from like getting the go-ahead to flowing water was six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's like... Get all the kinks worked out. Yeah, right? So he's like, you guys had a sprinkler up, up in the air and it was getting 95% of the structure. You guys were flowing water mm-hmm. in six minutes. Mm-hmm. Like as going back to the first, he says you guys were almost 40 minutes. Yeah. to get water flowing and like you overprotected the structure and they they you know they told us this is exactly what you guys are going to do you're going to overbuild the shit of it because you don't want to have anything missing um it says you'll pare that way down and by by the end of it you'll have water flowing like that and uh you'll have 90 percent of it done yeah, and right. then you can tweak and add little bits here and there so yeah it was like six minutes from from the call to go to the one main sprinkler was up up in the air um and that whole flagpole thing i, I think it's great yeah, uh, yeah, it works really easy yeah so when when they call building a flagpole um you take a two by four uh you can have uh like a two by four eight ten whatever and you can build them you can attach multiple you know multiple together as tall as you need it to be to reach from the ground or wherever you're going to attach it to uh up to the top highest point of the structure um and then they have some of their uh, like double fork or offset sprinkler heads that you can uh, you know either rope on or screw on directly to the top of your now built flagpole um so we had a couple of uh two by four tens that we uh fashioned uh together and then threw a sprinkler head up on top and with um just with a couple pieces of rope uh you you can tie that back to the structure yeah and um yeah, like it's super, super fast. Uh, you know, you kind of do a ladder throw with it. It goes up to the top, uh, double tie off, and then you're flowing water fast. I guess we should, we didn't really talk about why sprinklers. Um, yeah. So sprinklers aren't, you're not fighting the rank five fire that's coming your way. No. And that video that they were showing was actually pretty interesting. They were, yes. they were showing a video on, on what actually burns down a building. It's not the fire. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. the flame front. Yeah, it's not the flame front. Like they had a pretty sweet picture of a, there's like this log home, mm-hmm. um, the flame, like it's probably, uh, I'd say it's probably rank five. And I don't know, what the yeah. photo- I don't know, the photographer was still there. And you're taking a picture and like the whole, there's this wall of fire coming out. And then they took a picture the next day of the, of the structure and mm-hmm. like it was not totally untouched. 
Yeah. Um, so they're like, yeah, um, it's not the not the radiant heat that lights the building on fire. Mm-hmm. I was I forgot to ask him. I was going to say, what about curtains on the inside and stuff? Because that mm-hmm. has a different uh, level. Like that could that'd be yeah. faster, right? Yeah. Um, uh, flashpoint. Um, so I was like, eh, eh whatever. <laughs> but um, it's the firebrands that come. So like the yeah. the, the cinders and your all amber that. Amber, yeah. yeah, the amber storm. That's really what catches fire. Mm-hmm. And if you look at your house, like that's what fire smoking really comes in because we we go there's part of the triage we go around and we remove all the stuff. So we what they call jackpotting. Well, they didn't call it that. No. The other guy we were on when we were on um, engine boss it was jackpotting. So you grab all the flammable material like gas cans and all that stuff and stack it in the middle. And if you want to throw a sprinkler on that, you can. Yeah. Um, like lawn furniture and mm-hmm. um, you know there's but then it gets into like okay now there's there's a wood pile. We're not gonna sit there and lug hundred, you know, like a thing of wood, you're going to either A, not triage that building, and that might be an undefendable building. Because eventually a building that has too much debris around it, it's just going to be, yeah, it's not, not weight, because that's part of the triage. And once he started talking about it like that, I was like, then I started relating to like medical triage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this guy's like, that house is like yeah. expected. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. That house is expected to burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this house it's still savable, so let's yeah. let's work. Yeah. Let's not spend efforts. all yeah. of our resources and all of our time trying to bring this house back to life. That's mm-hmm. gonna or and or we can do five other houses that are like yellows, right. yeah. Right, that we can go and triage all those so, houses. Do a little bit of work to, to get yeah. a lot of results. And like yeah. he said, this person has done nothing to help themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this house has done nothing. This this owner has done nothing to help themselves. These owners that have fire smarted, they've made our life easier, and they've. They should be, maybe they shouldn't be extra protected, but they're the ones that are going to get the love because they basically made our job easier. Yeah. So now we can do those five houses in the next 10 minutes rather than having to come back. Spend and all 10 minutes on yeah. this house. Right. Yeah. And, and just yeah. like any other triage, you can come back. Like if you have time, you can come mm-hmm. back and see what you can do with this house. Yeah. So right. some of the stuff they were teaching, we didn't do it, but um, you can get poly. Yeah. Um, you can poly off the wood pile. Under a deck. So like thick um, plastic. Oh, you got a fire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Back, okay, sweet. We're back. Uh, so yeah, that was a nothing call. It's an alarm call. Classic. Turn down. Um, so we were talking about fly sprinklers. Um, yeah, some of the, so we were mentioned the wrapping of the poly, the basically plastic around the wood piles mm-hmm. and under, under decks and over things that are mm-hmm. hard to defend with sprinklers. Mm-hmm. Um, that poly just creates a little bit of a barrier so the um, embers will land on it. And then they, they were saying if you combine that with a sprinkler, it it's not, I'm not going to say 100%, it's, but it's pretty pretty good, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, won't, it won't hold up to major windstorms, but it'll, it definitely does better than nothing. Sure. Um, so I think in general, like sprinklers, like they said, it has to start with a good um, a good triaging and a good uh, fire smarting. Fire house. smarts, right. And then after that, sprinklers, the sprinklers are like the icing on the cake, I think is what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do is... They there's two there's two things that they do. Um, when you start putting them on, they you put them on up high, so it basically makes it rain mm-hmm. um, onto the st- structure itself, and then kind of that one to two meter area around it. Yeah. Um, because if you think about where leaves gather, say, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be the same. The reason why leaves gather in those places is because that's where they blow, and that's where they just collect. So if you imagine a a, a firestorm <laughs> coming in, blowing those embers, the yeah. embers will gather the same place as the leaves gather. And unfortunately, that'll catch the leaves on fire that are around there. So if you don't fire smart, um, you have problems. 
Yeah, that's one thing we tell a lot of our guys is to take a look at your own home as well after the course. Because walk around, notice where you get all the debris mm-hmm. in the yeah. little the corners of your deck or by your front door, things mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. The fire smart those areas. Yeah. Um, so the sprinklers itself, like I said, they, they soak down the area. They soak down that like meter and a half. So if embers do blow in, um, it's kind of two two phases. It'll it'll either catch it as it's coming in and, and dampen it down. Uh, actually, I guess three phases. It'll catch it as it's coming in or it'll land and it'll put itself out. Or the other big thing is it creates a humidity bubble. So mm-hmm. this kind of bubble of humidity around the structure. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were saying that they've actually seen it because these guys have obviously been like to lots of these uh, things. Yeah. Um, they've seen um, the firebrands come floating in. And then as soon as they get to that, that humidity bubble, they actually do an updraft and they actually float right over the building. So they actually maybe don't extinguish the firebrand, but it mm-hmm. actually floats over the building because of that, cause that um, humidity level change. Yeah. And if it does end up into the bubble, it goes out. So pretty effective, mm-hmm. or very effective. Um, so that's really why we're using sprinklers. Yeah, and like low gallonage as well, right? Like, yeah. like you're not blowing through a ton of water. Yeah. Um, like if you were to have like an engine there with a bladder and blah, 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 uh, we are going to flow a lot more water yeah. than sprinklers do, right? Yeah. So when you're already trying to conserve your water, uh, like way, way out away from a water supply, uh, that's definitely going to do a, like an, an yeah. awesome job. I think the big thing, like we still, we still, we're trying to get away from this. We still get focused on that flame front cover, mm-hmm. whereas we need to be focused on the structure and the and the fire burns themselves. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, once, uh, yeah, basically that's why we use sprinklers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. It's just that humidity bubble and putting out the numbers. That's right. And you know, it's crazy. Like we're obviously in like our cooler season now. Uh, we're transitioning fall towards winter. Uh, some of the peaks around us here already have snow on them, but we are still a danger three. level of three today. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, cooler, blah, 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 but I mean, we're still dry. Out of five. Out yeah. of five, yeah. So we're still three out of five. Uh, we were a four yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was still like pretty hot, but with everything cooling off, I mean, yesterday it was still pretty warm. I think a lot of us went away with like a sunburn. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm looking at the mirror. I'm like... Or the old uh, reverse uh, rac- uh, raccoon eyes. Yeah. I'm like, I got a pretty good burn. Um, but you can really feel, especially on that last sim, when we had everything going, like the moisture level and the temperature changed yeah. so dramatically. Obviously, that that was overkill, but you can really feel and like that you like you can see and feel um, exactly what they were trying to uh, you know accomplish. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely not glamorous work. Um, it's not the. Like, I found it kind of neat. It was a, it kind of reminded me of like being a little kid mm-hmm. building like a Lego set. Yeah, like you're building like, it and... or building like the mouse trap and most that mouse trap game. Like well, right, like, building yeah. one of those um those little what it's called those Rube Goldberg devices. Like yeah, you, okay, I'm gonna put this together, put that together, put that together, and you don't know if it's gonna work until you all oh, okay everything's connected. Okay, let's turn uh, it on. Flip the switch. Sweet, it all worked. Oh, that sprinkler head sucks. Because <laughs> some of the sprinkler heads, like we're, you know, there's varying sprinkler heads that we have sure. in, this, in this box or in the trailer. So we're like, okay, I think this one will be good. Um, it's not all about hammering it with the biggest stuff we can find. Mm. Some have their purposes. So, yeah. um, like this one called the Nelson nozzle, we were also calling the butterfly nozzle. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially like a little guy that just rips around and it's, it creates kind of like a fog. Yeah. Like a very fine mist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's excellent for under wood piles, like for under decks. Um, mm-hmm. There's wood, under, wood piles under there. Um, it's great for um, making a squall wall, like yep. making a, basically a, a, like if you have an open door. Because at, at yeah, our burn they, building, we're they missing talked a, about, yeah, uh, our building's missing a door. Yeah. So, we, so we you guys use that. 
depending yeah. on the door, right? Yeah, they chatted about using one or two of those for a big hay barn that yeah. had that had no no door. No door. Yeah. So obviously, if you got you know an ember shower that's going to be blowing through there, that's uh, uh, fire. You know, you got some big firebrands when when they rip through there and then they land on a ton of hay or straw, whatever's in there. I mean, that's going to you know light up like now. Yeah. So very they, low, very low gallons. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's very low gallonage. Uh, they said they ran a couple there and made made that nice curtain. Yeah, and it, yeah it worked worked uh, perfectly. Nice. So basically, the idea was so we set up our sprinklers. Um, as we were kind of talking about, like first one takes us what, how long? Like whatever, forty minutes. Forty minutes mm-hmm. to an hour, depending mm-hmm. on what you know. And then once we got rolling through the day, it was you know down. We were down to six to ten, fifteen minute kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like you're mentioning, Ash, like this, you you overprotect it with abundance of sprinklers. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. Then you realize how you can actually cut it back. Yeah, pair yeah. it back, right? Because once you realize you're just defending the structures, um, mm-hmm. and if you have enough water supply and maybe you have the time and enough sprinkler heads, you could throw a couple out like pre, just before the house. Mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest takeaway, well, not biggest, there's lots of takeaways, mm-hmm. is don't have the sprinkler aimed at the house. Yes. Yeah. Like you don't want to be hitting the old guy's wall with it because they, mm-hmm. you know, they've they've sent, showed us a couple of pictures of you know people actually causing on. damage. Yeah, because yeah. you know now the because houses are designed for rain to drop down <laughs> from above. That's why we're putting the sprinklers up as high as we can so it rains on the house. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're blasting it right at the side of the siding, it's going to eventually wear itself through or blast it right at the window. Yeah. First of all, it's not really yeah. doing anything. Secondly, it's just going to mm-hmm. start seeping in and do water damage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you don't want that. Um, so. Yeah, just let you know, let the sprinkler run either far away from the perimeter to kind of create that little bit of an area, mm-hmm. or right above the house to dump the water onto the house. Yeah. Right. Um, I like the idea of the one of the tips that he said. Um, if you know you're doing your triage and you notice a bunch of pine needles up in the um, in the eaves, yeah, he says you can do is actually shove a rag in the um, downspout, mm-hmm. and then it'll fill up the it'll fill up the um, eaves troughs mm-hmm. with water. That's right. That you run into the spring. Take that hazard away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, we ran that a bunch of times. Uh, we were mm-hmm. running, we, we have three pumps running. Um, each pump can do about nine, yeah. nine, to, nine to ten sprinklers. Um, so that was really working well. And then we started getting into like the kind of the bigger system, mm-hmm. um, parallel pumping. There's a big takeaway on that. Yeah. Yeah, there's some definite math that can go go along with how much you yeah, can do. Our mathing wasn't the best. Our math is garbage, <laughs> but I mean the the big thing there is you can you, you can get a lot of pressure and a lot of gallonage when you tandem your pumps, mm-hmm. um, and that's if you're going to be protecting like like you know multiple multiple structures off of one water source. And you have a very so, good water source. And you have yeah. a very good water source, like which would be like a lake or like a river or what, you know, something like that. That's not going to be, like, what did we run? Eight minutes off of our bladder? We're eight minutes off our bladder. And he was getting, our, and our bladder we, is 1,500. Yeah, and we shut we shut it down just as it was running out of water. Mm-hmm. So it was, no, uh, I mean. Gallons. Our bladder is 1,000 gallons. 1,000 gallons, yeah. So that's not obviously going to be very uh, beneficial out in a live event. If you have to keep nursing that uh, bladder, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, th- there's a bunch of uh, you know pumping techniques that we uh, walk walked away with. I think that would be one of the major ones that we could potentially use. Um, maybe not in our area, though. Yeah, I I'm like the, the fact of... that it just showed us how much volume we can get out of the, like the water 
source. Yes. So even if we didn't use it for sprinklers, um, mm -hmm. we've often talked, if you run two, two pumps parallel like that. So but yeah. what we mean is you have two pumps kind of side by each, like they're, you know, however far apart you want them. And then you have your heart sections going in. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have, we had two, two and a half, we had two and a half going out of each pump. Yeah. And basically going into another two and a half Y. So a three way, two, two and a half Y. Yeah. And then now coming off that was one, two and a half. So basically we pumped up the volume and pressure on that so one, two and a half line. Down, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So now um, we added the two pressures together, which, so we ended up with like 280, which is yeah. getting close to the um, high end, the, the two and a half could take. That's right. Um, for pressure wise. And then that ran out to the sprinklers. Mm -hmm. And we had, how many sprinklers on that line? Here's a ton. 20 something. Yeah. Something like that. We were up, up in the 20s. So we ran 20 something sprinklers off that one line and mm -hmm. we were still like ample pressure. Nice. Yeah, so, pressure to spare. Yeah. yeah. So that really showed us like mm -hmm. two pumps can run a lot of uh, a lot of sprinklers in that one area. So he was saying like this would be more for like a big neighborhood. Yeah. Like, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you look at something like our um, Twin Lakes area. Yeah, those places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They got hydrants right. and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple hydrants in areas. There's a couple areas where hydrants, they said, were pretty sketch. Yeah. Uh, but they do have, like, an awesome water supply close, close by. Yeah. Um, that's something that you might run into something like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe even some relay going up to the top. I don't like that as much, but... Well, there's other ways, too, we were learning. We didn't do any of these. I, I like to try it. Um, having two hydrants, basically, um, almost, like, the lines run into each other. And that really bumps the pressure up, too, because now you're... Both hydrants are feeding into one line, mm -hmm. and then you run your sprinklers off from that. So, yeah, to see what that gives us for pressure. Yeah, that's right. Because that'd be more ideal for our area. Up in our area. Some of our areas. Yep. Um, those hydrants like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You start to date, you know, daisy chain hydrants together. <laughs> yeah. And just keep on running right down, right, you know, right down the line. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a good way. And again, the trick is the thing outside the box for these events, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, you know, this uh, weekend gave us. Just another tool or another tool for the toolbox um, that we could potentially put into play locally here, as well as I mean this is going to be a, a big thing for deployment for us. Yeah. I mean, minus a pump. Yeah, minus a pump, you probably cover a house with sprinklers for about three hundred bucks. I think so. Yeah. Um, like cut two sprinklers on the average family home and mm -hmm. um, just some forestry line and some uh, cotton line. Yep. So that's all you need. Mm -hmm. um, the pumps are obviously the expensive part, yeah. but one pump could easily do two houses. Sure. I mean, two pumps could probably do ten houses. Yeah, um, depending on how it's going, right? Or mm -hmm. I guess one pump could actually do four houses if you really want, like four or five, depending on how many sprinklers you have going. Right. Now, yeah. for the run is mm -hmm. um, that's the problem with the uh, intermix versus the interface we were talking about because yeah. interface was like a line of demarcation from uh, forest to the um, mm -hmm. all the homes. Mm -hmm. They're fairly easy to defend because they're usually close together and um, nice, usually nice access roads and stuff. Uh, whereas uh, intermix is like, oh, there's a house here, and then half a mile over here, there's another house, and then half a mile over here, there's another house. So yeah. basically, we have to drop a pump at each one of those. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes it much more challenging. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, good. Well, it definitely sounds like um, there's a lot of good takeaways yeah. mm -hmm. for the weekend, a lot of good learning points, and just reinforces that. Um, that little bit of exposure we had previously with some sprinklers, right? Yeah. Uh, we're just going to add one thing. He was talking about Australia. Right. And I was actually going to bring up the fact, because he, he was talking about how uh, 
there seems to be more wildlife firefighter deaths in Australia. Mm -hmm. They weren't sure why. And, and I was going to put my hand up and said, well, from our, sources, <laughs> from our sources, the eucalyptus trees explode. I was going to bring that up from <laughs> Mr. Marshall Bass. He brought it up. He says, yeah, those, I guess the eucalyptus trees explode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Ashton are like, yep. <laughs> like, yep, we know that. Exactly. Um, but he says, yeah, they, uh, I don't think they're big on fire, on sprinklers, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if there is up on that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know because of the water supplies, in. water sources, or mm -hmm. just, it's like, again, new to us, new to new to them. Yeah. Um, but he said, yeah, they don't seem to be, because, you know, he used to be down there a bit, and he said, yeah. they don't seem to be as big on sprinklers as, as we are. So I don't know if Marshall was asking. Well, wasn't it Marshall that was chatting to us about that, where it was somebody that he knew, or maybe, maybe I'm getting stories mixed, mixed up here a bit, but uh, it was somebody's family member or close friend or something had a house, and it was, I swear, they had some sprinklers on that, but maybe, yeah, maybe it's not, not quite as common. Right. Um, yeah, it, I'd be interested to, to you know, get a bit of a reminder. I like if they fire smart and if they do sprinklers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just interesting to know. Yeah. So they can benefit from that for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, again, the trick is if you've got a good, decent little water source to last a little, a little bit yeah. of time, right? Then you yeah. stay protected. And don't turn it on too early. Right, yeah. The, no, and that was the other big thing. Like right. they, like they were saying, like you gotta wait. Like they have to, like they have trigger points. So as yeah. soon as it hits a trigger point, they, mm -hmm. they flip on the pump. and flash it, right? Because yeah. literally, not necessarily for us locally, but for them, it's like they just drive away and leave the pumps running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And however long the water supply lasts, the water supply lasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they they definitely want to leave leave that as as late as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, because they got their fuel, they got their water, and it's gonna run until one of the other, you know, one of the two, run yeah. out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, it sounds like, again, that you guys had a really good weekend. Yeah, good. it was great. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, I think that's uh, it from, for that. Any more for anyone? No. All right. Let's move into some shout-outs there. Uh, Modus. Ash. Yeah, Modus. Um, we chat about these guys every week. Uh, really, really pumped to be working with, you know, alongside with them. Um, they, uh, their big claim to fame is going to be the Snagger tool. Uh, but they got tons of other pieces of equipment that you can add to your personal kit or to the truck kit uh, from force entry wedges, uh, some soft entry tools, uh, mass bags and other uh, soft uh, pouches and bags. Um, uh, the hydrant wrench, I don't know if it's back in stock yet, uh, but, but again, they have tons and tons of stuff. Check out their website um, for anything that you're looking for there uh, and use discount code DTFF5. Uh, we're getting close to the end of October here, mm -hmm. um, and there's chats that uh, their video series will be getting dropped fairly soon, uh, so we're really, really excited to share that once it goes live. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that uh, out for everybody to view. Yeah. yeah right. good. And to see the other one that they made as well. Yeah, I mean, seeing, because we've obviously had a chance to, to view ours, um, and seeing kind of, like we were... The guinea pigs <laughs> so we were we were group one uh so it, it, we need to see what uh you know what they've dealt with uh from us forward we definitely got a chance to 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 uh get to see uh some of who they were going to be working with uh and some some really really cool uh stories coming up here so yeah watch watch for that watch for ours and then watch for you know all the rest that are going to be coming out definitely uh you know, def definitely excited to be sharing that with everybody. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Scott, stop the bleed. 
So I believe uh, three methods of bleeding control are direct pressure, wound packing, and tourniquet application. If you're going to use a tourniquet, use a good one. Uh, cat is a great one. Stop to use a great one. And then the others. <laughs> <laughs> the other great ones. Those are definitely other great ones, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you want to become an instructor or learn more about it, uh, stopthebleed.com or stopthebleed.org. One of those definitely get you there. Yeah. Um, you take a look at the course. Uh, the great thing about the course is you can add it, add to it if you need to. Um, you can add videos. You can change it around. Um, also remember, there's things that you can do like blankets or just because they don't have them in the course, you can always mm-hmm. uh, mention it. I think we brought it up the last time we were yeah, trained. Yeah, the last. Um, we always mention the um, chest seals. Um, yeah, I found, out that chest, I found out one of the chest seals is actually invented by a Navy SEAL. I was, yeah. I was on a podcast with this uh, the Asherman. The Asherman one, nice. Yeah, that's the guy's name, I guess. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, those are the ones that we used to carry. That was a mm-hmm. different brand, but yeah, yeah. Cool. So uh, on that as well, um, check out our YouTube. Uh, we've got some video content on there for the Stop the Bleed program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Artac. Yeah, Artac. Uh, Doctor Nick Sparrow out of uh, the Kootenays, uh, Kerpa. Uh, check that out. We got introduced to uh, Dr. Nick Sparrow and his colleagues how many years ago now when we went to the ATAC conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they've uh, uh, they've offered RTAC um, in person for years, obviously through COVID. Uh, wanted to come up with uh, a means of getting that information out uh, to uh, first responders and such um, a bit more remote. Uh, with an in-person um, aspect on the back end of it as well. So uh, they've put put together a really cool program uh, that you can access uh, off of the ATAC Groups website. Uh, if you hop on there, search for RTAC, uh, it'll pop, pop up, uh, and then you can sign up. You watch the videos. There's uh, some some really cool co- content on there. Uh, you, you get the little picture-in-picture picture of Dr. Nick and his colleagues kind of walking you through uh, and, you know, given that, that, um, extra insight on, mm-hmm. on the bottom of your screen, um, it's like having somebody watching to make sure that you're fully paying attention, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check, check that out, uh, sign up. It's, uh, I believe it's open for anybody to sign up now. So have a look on there. Check, check that out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tanner Olson, Scott. Yeah. Tanner Olson, uh, check him out on Spotify, uh, put, some country on it? Put a little country on it? Put a little country on it. This is his new song. And um, he's playing, I think he played in Alberta again. Uh-huh. The big country bars there. Oh, check him out. Yeah. Excellent. And then, of course, you have us. So uh, follow us on uh, the Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, try and give us a like, give us a comment, reach out to us, uh, send us a message if there's any questions or content that you'd like to see out. Um, and we'll do our best to get back to you, but anything will help us get out in front of more people. 100%. All right. Um, that is it for me. Scott, any more? Nothing more. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs> Ash. Thank you and have a good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Stay safe. Stay DTFF. Bye.